Well, I arrived. I am now 65. I am now on Medicare. The government owes me that much more. <laughs> but you know, it's great to be alive and be in Christ. Doesn't matter what anybody else does. It matters that we live for Him. There's a great passage that says, whether we live or die, we live for the Lord. Amen? I love that one. That's great. And so, uh, <clears throat> he owns me. No one else does. He owns me. And I'm so deeply thankful for that. I pray that we won't ever forget that. Because when you forget that, that's when you hopelessness sets in. Because if he owns you, man, he's taken care of his precious possession. How many of you got something in your, in your ownership that's a real precious possession to you. Anybody besides me? Come on, you can raise your hand. It's cup five. Yeah, man. My son won't let me drive his car. I mean, that's a precious possession. And of course, Ryan wouldn't let me drive his truck, and I'm not sure if I'd want to drive his truck, but it's a precious possession, man. So I love being God's precious possession. I got to continue to remember that. <clears throat> so here we go. We got bunches of great, well, I mean, we got a ton. You're going to be running, man. You're going to be running, okay? Here we go. Brian, you and Justine are two of my heroes. The, sacrifi the sacrifices you both make for your sons, your daughter, parents, church family are truly amazing. So deeply thankful for your example of selfless sacrifice. You're so helpful. You're so sacrificial. You're so kind. You are my heroes. There, let's give it up for those two heroes back there. Liberty, you shine so brightly. Thank you for always building and always being positive. Let's give it up for Liberty. How many of you remember she said that she was a little uh, nervous about going and talking to new folks at first, but then when she did it, man, she's like on it, so... There you go. Send the new folks. Sick them, Liberty. Sick them. <laughs> right. Ken and Pam, you, are, you two are so special. And your care and concern and thoughts for each member of the body means a lot. And it is so encouraging. So thankful for you guys. There are another heroes in the audience. Give it up. Yeah, long time heroes, man. It's great stuff. Angie, I so appreciate your shining personality. You are so invested in people's lives, encouraging and building people up. I love that and you. Okay, I think I got that one right. Let's give it up for Angie. Angie, right down there. Right there with the purple, right there. Scott, so thankful for your constant growth in the Lord. It's such an encouragement every time you speak from the pulpit. And I'll tell you what, man, it's been amazing to watch you grow. This isn't from me, but it inspires me to say, you've grown so much in your ability to come up here and speak. Yeah. Sometimes you shoot from the hip and it's great. It's awesome. So let's give it for Scott. Woohoo! Oh, this one's got a big fat heart on it. Miriam, for being thoughtful and generous. This big fat heart's for you. Let's give it up for Miriam. Right there. Right here. Marine's right up front. Right up front. Man, you're going to be a preacher. you got to remember people's names. 
Oh, I know, I know. Okay, I, I'm not sure if you're gonna be able to do this one. I'll show. I'll point this guy out for you. He doesn't know their first name. Say Mrs. Kirkpatrick. He knows. Oh, that's very true, Mrs. Kirkpatrick. That's what I'll do. I'll say Mrs. Kirkpatrick from now on. Uh, only if it applies to her, though. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Ty, for running the vacuum in the box last night. Give it up for Ty. <laughs> I have to run a long way for this one, man. Thank you, Braxton, for dusting the box all around the tall windows. If you know what the box is, this is the box. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, all right. Braxton, that was yours, man. All right. Here, here I got two. We're going to do two at a time here. We're going to do three at a time. I don't want, I don't want you to get, I'm gonna, we're going to do four at a time. I don't want you to get tired, man. You're looking like you're going to run back and forth. <laughs> Max, thanks for helping lead the song service for Bible class this morning. The old rugged cross is one of my favorites, too. Love to see you serving King Jesus. Let's give it up for Max. <laughs> Thank you, Max, for vacuuming and dusting the box last night. <laughs> Woo this is a big box, isn't it? Man, there's a lot of dusting going on. Hey, Ty, I see a future song leader in you. And some of you have already heard me say that before. Man, he was up here. He was ready. And he did a great job this morning. Uh, he was here doing song leading this morning. I was here to watch him. It was great. Thanks for stepping up and helping choose the songs for Bible class. That's for Ty. And then Braxton, I admire your servant's heart. I agree with that because you're just right on it. It's awesome. Always stepping up and helping out whenever you see a need. You're a hero. Let's give it up for these young heroes. There you go. So I want to know, boys, if uh, you're heroes at home when your mom asks you to do something. Do you jump right up with a great attitude? Go, yeah, I'll do it. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, well... That's 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 kind of how most boys roll, but <laughs> I've heard my son. I just heard my son Ryan is just being a big help back there in Great Falls. I love him. It's great. <laughs> anyway, no comment. Any more comments? <laughs> he might he might be watching. Love you, love you, son. All right. So here are the announcements. Uh, Sunday and, and Wednesday evening assemblies are going to be at the Parks Homestead this month. Uh, men's special meeting is next Sunday right after assembly. And uh, I'm going to try and keep it to half an hour, 45 minutes max. Uh, let's see, family uh, fellowship dinner Sunday is on the 18th, uh, right before uh, Sunday uh, evening assembly. So 5.30 at the Parks House. Drillingers are having a barbecue on July 22nd. How many remember their last barbecue up on their homestead? Man, that was fun. Man, that was a good time up there. And since it's, I think it's either on a Friday or Saturday night, I can't remember which. Saturday. Is this Saturday night? Well, I'll make sure I'll get my sermon written before, you know, Sunday morning assembly. I mean, I'll, I mean, before Saturday, I should say. So we can do that. Yeah, we need to do that. Okay, G4 Summit. G4 Summit, August 
third through fifth. And uh, if the old preacher can get his uh, uh, computer to work, he's going to send you out the schedule and all the do's and don'ts and how we're going to get your place reserved up at Sacandaga uh, Campground. So there you go. Any other announcements I might have missed? I mean, you got a birthday coming up this week. I thought you said June was a big birthday month for, for you. A little bit later in the month? Okay. 18th is me. Okay. 21st is Brian. 29th is Braxton. And 30th is uh, Pace. <laughs> well, good night. We're talking, we're talking, man. The last two weeks of June is party time. We just come out to your place. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Oh, a work party. Work party. Okay. Yeah. Happy work party. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and. No, that's fine. I, I love you, man. You know. Let's let's go ahead and ask a word of blessing on the lesson this morning. Holy Father, we are so deeply thankful for your rich and wonderful blessings, your kind provision and protection. Father, you know, in this life, uh, the world seems to be going crazy and, and in this crazy world, Father, it's, it seems like the devil's really trying to shake us from our faith, shake us from our convictions, shake us away from trusting you and, and trying to rely upon ourselves. We know, you know, we know that that is a problem. And so we, Father, pray that you would help us to draw near to you always, uh, no matter what uh, life might uh, throw our way. You know all things. You know what is to come. And, and so, Father, we can rest in this, that you love us. And as we remain uh, faithful to you, you will continue to provide, protect, and to grow us up and use us in your service. We thank you so much for that, that truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you would like a lesson plan, anybody need a lesson plan this morning? Everybody got a lesson plan? Okay. Take a look at the title of the lesson plan there, Beating the Fear of Economic Collapse. You're saying, wow, that is going to be one exciting sermon. Okay, one exciting sermon. And I'll tell you, remember, I would rather know that someone's going to try to cold cock me or blindside me I'd let them know in advance. Do you remember when the Apostle Paul was in prison and there was a conspiracy to kill him? And so they sent someone to say, well, we want to know more about you know, this guy, Saul. So if you'll bring him up here, then we will look at him more carefully and thoughtfully. Come to find out there are 40 people armed to the teeth ready to kill the Apostle Paul. His nephew happened to be in earshot of that little plan, as you well know. And so he went and talked to his Uncle Paul. Isn't that kind of cool? Uncle Paul, I want to go see Uncle Paul in prison. Okay. He went and talked to his Uncle Paul and then Paul said, no, you know what? Take this young man, he talked to the guard, take this young man to the commander and, and I want this young man to share it with the commander. So he does, guess what? They weren't able to kill the Apostle Paul. In fact, it worked out a great advantage. It's like the government paid for three square meals a day. Actually, when he did end up, uh, quote unquote, in prison, he had free reign. Go back and look at it. It's absolutely amazing. He, he, 
there was a guy there hanging out with him, but he could have anybody come in. He could had freedom to walk around and everything. It was amazing. And they protected him with over a hundred soldiers. I don't know about you, but man, that's kind of cool when the government says, okay, we're going to guard you for the Lord. Like, really? Yeah, God is able to do that. So it's important for us to recognize and understand that we need to know what potentially could be down the road. You know, when Joe Biden said there's going to be food shortages, and this was, I don't know how many months ago, you know, whenever you hear somebody open their mouth and say that in a political realm, they're just getting you set and ready. You're thinking, well, you don't know that. How many times have you heard those guys say something and then six months later to a year later, we're there? That, that happens. So I'll tell you what, we can either freak out, weird out, like a lot of people are doing, or we could use our brain and embrace the truth of the scriptures and not freak out. Do you remember there was a huge, gigantic seven-year famine in Egypt? And man, everybody was starving. Do you also remember that years before, there was a young guy named Joseph that got thrown in a pit, pulled out of the pit, sold into slavery, sent him down to Egypt. In Egypt, didn't go very well for them there either. I mean, he gets wrongly accused, thrown in prison. You know the story. And then God, by his infinite wisdom, places him into a position where he can respond to the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh puts him as second in command, and he basically saves the world through this guy that had years before been thrown into a pit and thrown into prison. God knew everything in advance. He set it up for God's people. Here is the, the little 70, 70 members of the family of Israel starving in, in uh, Palestine, or what we would come to know as Israel. And guess what? God set that whole scenario up to take care of his kids years before. Sounds like God kind of knew something was coming in the future. And those people got the best of the land of Egypt. Do you see that God is in charge? Or do you not believe the Bible? We need to believe the Bible is true. Whatever the future holds, God's already got it taken care of. Do you believe that? Do you honestly believe that? Well, let me share with you, there's a couple things right out of the chute that's not in the lesson that you should probably write down in the introduction. Number one, you need to believe that God is sovereign and all things are in his control. If you really believe that, no matter what happens, no matter how difficult it is, God is allowing that. You then need to use your brain and your faith to be responsive, not reactive. Did you catch that? You and I, we, the church, need to be responsive, not reactive. The world is going to be reactive because they have no hope. They're, they're driven by self. 
They're driven by their own selfish desires. We, on the other hand, should be driven by the Spirit of Christ, empowered by the Spirit of Christ. And so if we believe he's sovereign, he's got it all under control. And by the way, did you know the Bible talks a lot about being prudent and wise? Prudent and wise. It's interesting, if you study the the concept of prudence, one of the very important characteristics of prudence is if you see evil coming, you do something. You don't just keep going for it like, okay, whatever. It says that you provide, you plan, you do. Now, if that's the case, don't you think that maybe we should think about being more frugal with our money? Does the Bible say anything about being frugal with your money? Does the Bible say anything about that? Does the Bible talk about budgeting anywhere? Does the Bible talk about wise stewardship of the money that he's given you? Is there anywhere in the Bible that says that? Is there anywhere in the Bible that says that all your money God has allowed you to make because he's given you health to create wealth? So every dollar is his? So he wants you to be wise. He's wanted you to be wise with that from the very beginning. But now maybe more, now more, much so, much so more, whatever. It's not my notes. I got to be careful. But the last thing is this. What did Joseph say for the people to do is to set aside an amount for seven years to store it up for the years that were to come that were bad. So notice, God gave Joseph a brain. God didn't tell him, you need to do this. Joseph said, this would be wise for us to do. And that's what he did. Wouldn't it be wise for us to maybe put aside some non-perishable foods at this point in time? What do you think? And I'm not talking about being a prepper. I'm not talking about digging a hole. And I'm not talking about, you know, being, you know, a little tin foil hat. And that's what I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about being wise. About setting aside. For yourself and maybe for others. So it's important for us to look down the road and go, okay, we don't really know what the future holds. But there's been trends. I'm not a prophet, but there's trends. Most famines recently have been because of totalitarian governments. The huge starvation in Ukraine back in the 30s was because of a totalitarian government. How many have ever heard this statement? Always a kissing cousin of war is famine. You've heard that one before? If you haven't, it's it's true. What I'm sharing with you is this, is that you can go, oh, I don't want to listen to these sermons anymore. I hope you don't ever say that. I want to know what to do. I want to be prepared. And so that's why I share these. And I'm going to go really fast. We're going to hit these three points. I want you to really dig down deep into the scriptures, but I want you to see the picture that the scriptures paint. Let's take a look at the book of Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. 
Now, I really appreciate Matt Keichel. He's a great preacher. How many remember what he had to talk about at Oregon Family Camp this year? How many remember what he had to talk about? He wants us to be liberal. He wants us all to know that we're, we're liberal, right? That, I mean, no one's going to forget that sermon. Now, you might forget the one I'm doing today, but you won't forget that I addressed that Matt Keichel's sermon made us, remember he made us say that we are liberal. Hi, my name is Bill and I'm a liberal. Remember that? That's just crazy. And everybody's going, oh, we can't do it. Ah! Unless you define what liberal means. Look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Here is the Lord Jesus talking about being liberal. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Matt said, you know how you overcome an economic collapse is you give more. And of course, that is the exact opposite of what the mind of man would do. The mind of man would, you take more, not give more. And yet, we don't live in an economy that's going to collapse. We live in an economy that God has designed. God will not be outgiven. Now, this is not a prosperity doctrine. I'm not talking about putting more money in that box. I'm not talking about giving more money to the, the church treasury. I'm talking about you taking care of your family and the church family when times get tough. And you're not going to do that unless you start practicing that right now. you got to practice right now. Seven years before the famines came is when they started to put food aside. That's in the Bible. And we herald Joseph as a great leader, a wise man. That's what we should be thinking. Let's be wise about this. Not hoard, but to provide for our family and for our church family. So the Bible says, it says, you be ready to share with everyone, but notice the brethren first. That's a powerful statement. And so do you really believe this passage of scripture, verse 38, is true? Do you really believe given will be given unto you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will bless you to the standard by which you are a blessing to others? Do you believe that? If you do, then you're going to begin to start looking for ways that you can give to others. And I'm not talking again about any, any money going through the, the box or through the church treasury. I'm talking about money available to help other people when you see other people have a need. Wait a minute, but I'm not going to get a tax write-off. I know, that's a terrible thought. I've thought that before. But it is. Are we going to give when that opportunity goes away? They've already talked about that, taking away tax-exempt status from the churches. Are we still going to support? More importantly, are we going to be looking for needs and then working to provide for those needs in each other's lives? That's really critical. You know, I really do think, you know, 
if we have this gigantic apple crop out in our three apple tree orchard, if you if you want to come and get apples, I mean, the blossoms are like crazy, a lot of them this year. Last year, we had just crazy amount of apples. This year, we had crazy amount of apples coming on. I'm In my pea brain, I'm trying to figure out a way to catch all of them so none of them hit the ground. Keep those stinking deer from eating them all until it's deer season. And then, and so, wouldn't it be great? There's, there's, I mean, thousands of apples on that tree right now. And have those available. If you want some, if you want to can some, if you want to learn how to do to great apple uh, pie filling, Sharon will give you the recipe. I mean, it's just amazing. Do you think God has created all these good things for us so that we could use them? Well, sure. That's one of the things, and that's a simple thing. But you know the word liberal really quickly here in the second one. Liberal, the selfless openness of heart. This is what the, the Greek definition is. The selfless openness of a heart manifesting itself in abundant giving to meet pressing needs. That's, that's right out of the Greek. The word liberal. Guess what? I want to be a liberal like Jesus. If this is the definition in the Greek, I want to be that. The selfless openness of heart manifesting itself in abundant giving to meet pressing needs. Now let's look at a couple Bible verses that actually say that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is not talking about paying the preacher or keeping the, the lights on in the building. Second, or the toilet paper in the bathroom. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about actually seeing brothers and sisters who are desperately poor, but not of their own doing. How many of you know the Bible says, if a man will not work, neither let him eat? How many know that? I'll tell you what, when things go crashing down, there's going to be some people say, I'm just going to kind of freeload on the church. No, you're not. Not here. But if you're really trying to make ends meet and you're struggling... If we grow into the people that God has called us to be, we're going to come and help. So notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians. Here's the picture. Chapter 8, verse 1. Uses the word liberality here. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. That blows my mind. Does that blow your mind? These people were poor. It says they were afflicted. And it says that they had deep poverty going on, and yet they overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Do you see that? These people were in a bad way economically, and yet they had an, enough for themselves with a little extra, and that little extra they wanted to share with the poor, starving saints in Jerusalem who were starving because of a famine. You go back and look at the history of this statement. Those Christians in Jerusalem were striving to provide, but they couldn't, so there's provision being made for them. 
You know, when the, when the supply of something goes down, what does the price of that do? How many know? The price goes up. That's called economics. It was working that way way back when. It took more gold and silver to buy a loaf of bread. And so notice the Christians in Macedonia, though they don't have a lot, they have a little enough to give a little bit. So everybody gave a little bit and guess what? They sent it to Jerusalem so the Christians there could eat. That's the historical context. Do your digging to find out that's exactly right. By the way, look at verse one. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. The grace of God is that financial resource being provided for others who were wanting and striving, but didn't quite have enough to make ends meet. Pretty powerful picture. And that's, by the way, not going into the money box. You know those, those preachers and those teachers uh, where they stand up and say every week, you know, it says to lay aside money every first day of the week. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that's about? That's not about supporting the local ministry, the local leadership, the local work. That's not what that passage is about. That passage is about for the poor Christians in Jerusalem who are starving. So man, when, when people do that, it just makes my skin bristle. Take a look at chapter 9. I'm getting a little excited here. Chapter 9. And take a look at verses 10 through 14. Both chapter 8 and chapter 9 are all about this ministry of liberality. And it says here in, in verse 10 and through 14. Notice what it says. <coughs> Excuse me. For he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Who's the he there? It's a capital H. So who is it? It's God. Now God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is, is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Reading on, it says, because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. You know, Direct Connect Humanitarian Aid has been pouring money into Ukraine and not pouring money into Ukraine through the government. Pouring money into Ukraine through hands of people that we know are face-to-face -face working with those who are hungry, working with those who are cold. Thankfully, the soldiers got through the winter. Direct Connect Humanitarian Aid was sending in money to buy blankets and warm clothing for those soldiers. See, now, we're not sending money to the government because you know where that money goes? You know, our government sends money to their government to supposedly do this. You know where that money goes? You well know where that money goes. The people who are hungry, the people who are starving, the women who have been abused, we personally, from this group, as we have done fundraising, we sent $5,000. The Direct Connect Belarus Eugene team sent $5,000 to 
hire Christian counselors to work with those women who have been abused by Russian soldiers. See, that's what this this kind of thing is talking about. Is money being sent to those who have been oppressed, those who are hurting, and in this case, it says that the praise to God, the thanksgiving to God will overflow because of the sharing, because of the liberality. So, do I want to be a liberal? In this definition, absolutely, positively. Now, I want to close with this thought. You're saying, we got two more points. Yeah, I know. That'll be next week. Hey, I, I, I just want to be nice to you guys. I want you to get home at a reasonable time. Let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 12. We'll close with this. And I know it's not in my notes, so if you want to write it down, that's cool. Everybody's got their place and everybody's got their part. If we are frugal with our money, if we are wise with our money, we should have some additional that when a need arises, that we should use it to bless that person. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say uh, someone is, is trying to make ends meet and you hear that they need tires for their car or something like that. You just hear that. And you have a little extra money laid aside. If you start practicing that now before it gets really crazy, you say, you know what? I think I have enough. Maybe I'll ask, maybe I'll ask someone else that might be saving. Maybe we could get go together and do something like that and just go steal their car and take it down to don't go to Les Schwab. Take it down to discount tire and, and, and get the tires put on and then run it back to their house and park it. I don't know how you do that, but it can be done. I know, I know it can be done. You can do this under the darkness of having family members help you. Okay, I just know this can be done. Wouldn't that be great? And then you're beginning to practice what? You're beginning to practice this whole concept of liberality. And then people say, yeah, you're a liberal too. Yeah, I am. And we'll all be excited about it. That's what biblical liberality is. But notice it says here in chapter 12, talking about different Gifts in the body, verse 6, chapter 12, verse 6, since we have gifts that differ according, excuse me, uh, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, to each of us to exercise them accordingly, have prophecy according to the proportion of faith, have service in his serving, or he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts his exhortation, uh, uh, he, who, uh, he who gives with liberality. Huh. Man, maybe we wish we should all be liberals. According to the classic definition. Classic definition. Not the new definition. All right? If you hear about a need and you have opportunity to help now, and you have the little extra now, start practicing. How many know when you start doing something new, it hurts usually? Oh, I'm talking about physical stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? Man, first time we do it, it's kind of painful. Arr, arr. 
I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. That sounds kind of crazy. You know what? You got to be able to kind of get in the mindset. And so just be watchful. Just be listening. And if you see a need and you have the opportunity, be liberal. How critical that is. So that means you need to be listening. You need to be watching. You need to be thinking. You need to be kind of covertly asking so that you can be liberal. So that we can be liberal like what we're reading here. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if people really started to live that way in the church? I think somewhere in the Bible it says that's how the church lived back then. Hmm. I think we'd have opportunity to live that way again like first century Christians. And so let's get the mindset and begin to do that little practice now. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Holy God in heaven, we are deeply thankful for the rich blessings that you've given to us. You know, as Americans, we have so much. I know that I do. I know that so many of us do. And in comparison to uh, the world, um, I think it's something like 3 or 4% uh, Three or four, we we have we're the top three or four percent of those who are wealthiest in the world, and that's that's the common American. That just blows me away when I think about it. I just pray, your heavenly Father, that you'd help us to realize that um, we have a lot of wants, and we of course have a lot of needs. Help us to make a delineation between those, and help us then to begin look for opportunity to help people with their needs. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's stand up. Let's go excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.